The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear the mask. I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said... Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house and anybody else I may have missed. To the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here uh, this morning, and if you'd like to check us out online, please do so, SonsOfLibertyRadio.com, and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you'd like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and we'll be streaming in this area right here live. Uh, Obviously, we're pre-recording here. Uh, So it'll be the second video down on the right side of the page. Just click on that, blow it up on the device that you have, and then click on the uh, platform icon that's there. You can join us in the chat. Lots of friends in there in the mornings, and uh, so be sure to do that. 
Also right above where we're streaming live is Bradley's show from the previous day. Click on that and play it. That'll play up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which time he'll go live. So don't miss that later on today as well. And then right above that is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. We don't rent your email, sell it, or spam it. Get one email from us a day, and that includes the morning show archive. All the stuff we'll talk about today, videos and other things that will have links will be in that. So if you miss something, don't worry. Just go to sonsoflibertymedia.com later on this morning. Same uh, title as what you've got on the video platforms will be here as well. And just find it. Whoops, my uh, UPS system is buzzing. <laughs> so just be sure to uh, check that out later on this morning at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Finally, we never ask you for money. And I am doing this in the middle of the day, so my house is busy. So if you hear some doors slamming and things like that, I'm doing this out of the corner of my dining room, you guys know. So if you hear that, that's what all the noise is. It's family life. I asked them to be a little quiet, but uh, it's family life. That's the way it is. There's a donate button at the top of SonsLibertyMedia.com. Again, we don't ask you for money, but if you want to help us out, this is how you do it. Uh, Click on that, make a one-time donation, or become a partner with us as a son or daughter of Liberty. This is a monthly partner. And uh, that link is also at the top of the page, along with our store. And our store has lots of items in there, great conversation starters, as well as equipping tools. This week, we're highlighting the You Can Run Toboggans. That's what I call them. They call them winter caps up there in North. You know, they're wrong about that, but we're going to let that slide. (laughs) Uh, Normally $10. This week through Saturday at midnight, you can get these for... 25% 25% off, and yes, that, I know that noise is annoying. I'm, again, I'm sorry, busy house today, and uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, 25% off when you use the promo code WINTER2021. WINTER2021, you get 10 per, or 25% off, and that's through Saturday at midnight. So be sure to, uh, to check that out, and um, yeah, you'll be good to go. Now, the introduction that you saw at the first there that I've been playing for months with all the kids... Um, it never grows old for me. It's almost like you're in the midst of worship of the God we serve. And, um, it always, I, I almost am brought to tears every time. Sometimes I literally am every time I hear it because of the quotations of scripture, um, you know, exalting God, exalting justice, the fact that he is going to have the final say over those who are enemies. He's going, he's going to be a holy and a just God because he is that, and he's going to demonstrate that. And uh, some of you may not know Matt Trujella, uh, but Matt is a friend of the ministry. I would consider him a personal friend, even though we don't have a lot of interaction and things like that. He's been on the show several times, and uh, God's used him in great ways to educate people as far as the doctrine of the lesser magistrate, many of you have gotten the book. If you haven't, we'll have a link up there so you can pick that up. Um, and also instructing them in in righteousness by discipling the states. I want to say it that way, discipling the states. And now he's told me this morning <laughs> he is actually discipling the nations in Europe and such. And so it's my privilege to welcome back to the Sons of Liberty, Matt Trujella. Hey, man. Hey, good to be here with you, Tim. Yeah. And you had me cheering up. I haven't seen that video in a long time, and it is powerful. Oh, and it is. I know everybody in that video, and that makes it even dear to my heart and um, powerful. Thank you for playing that. Yeah, well, I, look, I took it up as my own. I didn't I didn't ask for permission. I figured it's cool to do that uh, since we're promoting the same message here, and I play it every morning. And if I do a Bradley show in the afternoon, I play it in the afternoon. 
Um, and I told people I have an agenda in doing that. And that is to, to if, you, if you don't like the term, indoctrinate or catechi- catechizing is the way I would like to think of it. Mm-hmm. Catechizing the people over who God is, what he has said, what these things are, that they're tr- this tyranny that they're trying to push on us. Uh, I'm trying to drive that into their minds so that they'll be able to stand in the day of evil when, you know, I mean, it's already on us now, but it's going to get worse. And I want to drive that into the minds and the hearts of the people. And I, I really believe that uh, that's your intention when you guys put this video out. Absolutely. Um, we produce these little short videos, two minutes to four minutes, maybe five minutes at the most long, to do exactly what you're saying, to categorize, to teach people God's thoughts regarding the situation. We know that most of the pulpits are massively silent, totally indifferent, acting like nothing's going on, or actually many of them are aiding and abetting the tyrants, closed down their churches, did the masking, the goop on the hands, six feet apart, and then they took money. Over $14 billion has gone to churches, Christian universities, Christian organizations. The tyrants actually reward the churchmen for helping teach Christians to live in adherence to the tyranny that they're imposing upon the lamb. And that is sickening to the heart. Studies show that 95% of churchmen in America, Tim, have gone along with this nonsense. But there is a breaking taking place. And I have heard from many um, churchmen over the last four to six months now that are getting it and have a fire in their heart. So I'm encouraged. Amen. Yeah, you know, one of those is, uh, you know, Dr. John MacArthur. Uh, I, I've learned a lot from him in, in my walk with Christ. One of the biggest things that guy taught me was context. Mm-hmm. And, and it was the teaching of context and teaching verse by verse, by, you know, book by book uh, through the Bible, which is what separated me from his dispensationalism because I didn't see him being consistent in that. But he taught me those things. And one of the things, you know, he's always talking about submitting to the authorities and stuff. And boy, when this thing come down and they said, well, you're not going to meet here and you're not going to have it. He's, I'm glad his practice was better than the theology that was there because boy, he, he said, no, 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 you don't run the church. The Lord Jesus is king of the church. He's the one who gave himself for her, and he stood against that tyranny, and I, I, and I, I tell you, he, he's, he's winning the day in doing that, and I'm, I'm glad to see it. So I'm glad to hear some of these other ones who have sort of succumbed to that uh, are finding out, look, you're, you're, you're winning no friends. You're, you're definitely not obeying the word of God by submitting to tyrants like that. Absolutely not. And I'm thankful also um, for Dr. MacArthur in the shift he made in that regard, because as you know, Tim, he taught for decades, blithe obedience to the civil authorities. And um, he would mock those who were involved in civil government matters as being involved in, quote unquote, mere moralizing. Yes. Well, it was precisely that form of Christianity that brought us to the point we're at now, where the tyrants have, you know, won the day, taken hold of the power structures of the culture, um, because Christian men abandoned the realm of civil government, wicked men filled the void, and they've made their worldview law, policy, and court opinion. And as you can see, it's not good. Evil has now become good. Good is now declared to be evil. And it all goes back to the pulpits. So I hope uh, Dr. MacArthur and other churchmen realize they can't just sit in the corner of their churches, protecting just that jurisdiction. 
that they have a duty, this is the history of churchmen, to um, confront the magistrates when they do evil, to instruct the magistrates in their role, function, and limits regarding their office given to them of God. This is extremely important that we no longer abandon the civil government realm and that we do mission to the magistrates. Because I can tell you, having been involved with meeting with magistrates for several years now, they're wondering where are all the Christians and they find it refreshing when churchmen or Christians meet with them and talk to them about their office, what their duty is in the sight of Christ. Most of them don't get it from their pulpits. Therefore, they govern no differently than their secular colleagues. So it's extremely important. I I keep going back to the pulpits. I am a churchman. Because the pulpits have failed, we're in the condition we're in right now. Yeah, and this is nothing new. We we see the prophets in the Old Testament not only calling out the kings and stuff, but they're calling out those who would who would call themselves shepherds, but they're hirelings, um, and doing the same thing. And they would call them to repentance. You know, I, I was just dealing with a troll that we've had for some time now. He's a dispensationalist, last days madness kind of guy, uh, jumping over in on a Rumble channel. And he, you know, he wanted to chastise me for my introduction because I I welcome everybody to the show. Uh, because I want them to hear the message that we have. It's it's a it's the gospel message. It is a, a message that calls men to repentance uh, towards God, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how the reconciliation towards God happens between man and God, uh, the one man and mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I, I do that, and he says uh, he wants to go and promote people like Donald Trump, who has supported open sodomites. Uh, their their quote unquote marriages to the same sex individuals, uh, trans transsexuals, all these other kinds of things, and but I, I say, well, that's kind of hypocritical, isn't it? And he goes, well, he's not a minister, and I I said, I beg your pardon. Romans thirteen says he is the minister of God. He's going to answer to God for how he conducted himself in office, mm-hmm. which there's a lot of things to answer for there. But I think about what you're saying there about the instruction here to the civil magistrate. Let me take us over into Matthew 28, verses 18, 19, and 20. You know, a lot of people think, well, the Great Commission is just preach the gospel. Okay, that's a part of it. I mean, if you go over into Mark, you'll see that that's, that's all it says there. But Matthew, you know, elaborates on that. And the first thing he says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, I like that, Matt, and I know you do too, because I'm sure you've run into those people that says, well, the devil's just the god of this world, and he's 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 the power structure in the world, and blah, 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 blah. That's not what Jesus said. He said he has all authority in heaven and in earth, and then he says because of that, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And the thing thing that gets me here, Matt, is that he's saying, teach all things I have commanded. Well, it isn't just the red-letter version, if you will, uh, of what Jesus commanded, because Jesus is part of the Godhead, and therefore the Word of God, that's the whole Word of God. He's the one who gave us the instruction from the Old Testament, the law, and everything about that too, and how you know kings and those in authority are supposed to behave. So it's right, it's biblical of you uh, when you speak to magistrates, when you speak to representatives, presidents, whoever it might be, to instruct them in what God has said in the first place. That's exactly right. God's Word speaks to all matters of life, including matters of civil government. And what I've found, Tim, is that when we talk about these things from the Word of God, 
and from the history of the church, um, people want to listen. Um, and so for an example, we have here near where our church is a saloon. <laughs> and so some of the guys from our church have done security when they've had meetings, pro-freedom re- meetings, you know, regarding all this tyranny going on with COVID, have anywhere from 150 to 450 people at this saloon. And of course, some Christians are like, why would you participate in something like that? Because Christ has something to say about it. (laughs) Come on. And now, just two weeks ago, they asked my son-in-law, who heads up the security team there, he's a minister at our church, um, they asked him and another minister in the area to do a gathering on reformation and revival within the church in America. That was the topic at the saloon. And so they all gathered in. If if they hadn't been talking about what God has to say about these matters to begin with and had gone to this place to offer help and service and rally with them in their fight with the tyrants, they wouldn't have had that opportunity. So it's extremely important for us to understand that you don't need a sinner's prayer tagged onto the end of a piece of literature or the end of statements that you make in order for it to have any legitimacy. God has spoken to all areas of life, including areas of civil government. And what I found is when we talk about what God has to say about any area of life, it gives us opportunity then to present the gospel to people and to talk to them more about God, what the Lord thinks about different areas of life. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, You know, you're saying about the saloon. I recall something of Martin Luther when he wrote, he says, you know, I didn't do it. God was the one who broke the back of the papacy. I was just down here. He he mentions I was down here drinking beer, uh, which I know is just, you know, did just make some people's uh, fundamental skin crawl. But but he was a guy who did that. And he he was faithful to the word of God and what he said. And that's the thing. I think people, Matt, we, we see we've got a church over here. Uh, across the line in North Carolina, Elevation Church. And I make mention of it because I I just think of how silly it is. The guy's worried about what kind of T-shirt he has on or jeans or, you know, the belt buckle or any of that kind of stuff, which just sounds, especially for a man, uh, to be concerned about that, Um, to do that so that he's relatable, you know, to the people and stuff. And I go, well, wait a minute. The Bible's very relatable. It's very relevant for today in everything it has to say. And I think this stuff of like what you're doing here, let's take a, for instance here, um, you've got a, a series that you're doing on your video channel, which by the way is Defy Tyrants on Rumble. Is that, is that right? That's correct. Okay. Defy Tyrants. Okay. All right. So you've got a, you've got a couple of videos you've done. I think you've got a third one you're going to do, but you've got these on Christian resistance. And if you don't mind, I'd like to play each one of these and have you, con- I mean, not that you're commenting, not commenting on them anyway, but have you kind of comment on the, them afterwards? What's driving all of this? This is the first one that you put out. This is step one in Christian resistance, and that is a need to repent. This is, uh, this is Matt. Christian resistance involves and demands three things. Repentance, fighting, and building. And you may just want to jump to the fighting and building part, but you have to understand the importance of repentance We are going nowhere without repentance. Repentance is paramount. Repentance has to do with God governing our lives. We need to turn from our rebellion and embrace His rule. 
The level to which we repent will determine the level to which the kingdom of God is formed in our lives. God is bringing his judgment upon our nation right now. He has unleashed the tyrants, and rightly so. We are deserving of his judgment. But one of the things he wants to produce from the judgment he's brought is for men to repent. So what are the things that we need to repent of? One thing we need to repent of is any besetting sin. If there is any sin in our lives, we need to turn from it. Holiness matters. We also need to repent of our love for wealth and ease. Americans, and including American Christians, have been drunk on wealth and ease for decades now. I've watched our nation slowly dying because of its drunkenness on wealth and ease. But as his judgment increases, repentance will be more seen in men. At least that's what we're praying and hoping for. The third thing we need to repent of is our inaction. The inaction of Christians has been huge in my lifetime. Their indifference to civil government matters has been astounding to me. It would have been easier to have gone to the government meetings and the public hearings and spoken, but because we didn't, look where we're at now. We should have used the means in our system of government that were pillared by men who fought, bled, and died for us to possess. But instead, we squandered it in phony spirituality. And who do we have to blame for this? The churchmen, the pulpits. All my life, I have heard them talk about involvement in civil government is a quote-unquote distraction. That the effort to see good law established in the land is quote-unquote mere moralizing. The truth is, God's law and word speaks to all matters of life and we should apply his law and word to every area of life. We are now seeing the consequence of Christian men having abandoned the civil realm. Wicked men filled the void and they've now made their worldview law, policy, and public opinion. We need to repent of all these things. We need to get our faces low to the ground and cry out to God. We also need to call our civil magistrates to repentance, our governing authorities. They need to fear God. They have not feared God. You look at our laws, our policies, our court opinions, there's no fear of God there. Rather, they have spit in Christ's face. They have impugned the law and word of God. And it's incumbent upon us as Christian men and women to call upon them to do right in his sight, to govern in the fear of the Lord, as it says in Psalm chapter 2. Understand, we need to unseat wicked magistrates, but we also need to unseat cowardly magistrates, those who pay lip service to us, who say they want to do right, but never actually do it. You need to mark them. You need to do the work, the heavy lifting, the trench warfare that's necessary to see them unseated. And we're going to talk about that more in our next video, in the next section, about fighting. This model of repentance, fighting, and building is found in the book of Nehemiah. And the first thing that Nehemiah did was repented. We need to repent. Repent with us. 
Amen. And, uh, you know, Matt, I, I'm sure it's a little strange. You're, you're coming on to be interviewed live, and I'm playing your words before, but <laughs> I think you're very concise in these videos. Your people at the church, God has blessed your people with a man with a gift like yours to be very concise. You can say things in like three or four minutes that might take somebody like me, like, I don't know, 20 minutes to explain. You're very concise. I'm sure you wrote that out as a script and things. Elaborate on this, because I'm sure that you run into all kinds of people who are ready to go out and fight. They're they're armed to the teeth. You know, I'm talking about literally carnal weapons. They're ready to go out and fight, you know, to the death, armed to the teeth. Um, they've got a lot of language they want to spread, and they're mad, and they want to give somebody a piece of their mind. But they've left off the very first thing, and they're like the children of are like when God said, I'm going to send you in there, but I'm not going with you. They're like those kind of people who will just say, okay, well, we'll go because we can take them. We know we can take them. And then they suffer defeat. Your thing is to call them to recognize that God has a standard and they haven't met it. And they're in need of repentance just as much as the ones they're going to take it to. Elaborate on that just a little bit, because I'm sure you've, you've heard a lot of that. But you, how much repentance have you seen? Uh, uh, the repentance I have seen has actually been small, Tim. Like there's been no run on sackcloth and ashes down at the Ace Hardware. And that's why I believe that the judgment will have to become more severe because God's judgment is actually a mercy to mankind. Because if we were left to our own devices and he didn't intervene with his judgment, who knows what depths we would sink to. So it's actually a goodness from him, as terrible as his judgment is. I mean, you look at Jeremiah he, you know, um, spent 50 years, nearly 50 years preaching the impending judgment of God. And then when it actually finally came, even he was stunned and he acknowledged, you know, that it was just God's judgments, just, just, but even he was astounded by the severity of God's judgment. And that's of course recorded in the book of lamentations right after Jeremiah. So yeah, the amount of repentance I've seen is small the people themselves, you have to understand, um, many of them have only for the first time ever gotten involved in fighting against evil, in fighting for justice. And the reason they're doing it, Tim, is because their ox has now been gored. That's they right. didn't do yep. it for the preborn. They didn't do it regarding marriage. They didn't do it regarding a host of other things and evils that our country's been involved in. But now they're involved, and therefore, the need to call people to repentance, all of us, all of us, <laughs> is massive, large, and huge. Um, so if you don't have that aspect where you call people to put their faces low to the ground, I'll tell you, Tim, I've cried for this nation more over the last year and a half than I ever have before then. Because I'm astounded by the compliance, the blithe compliance of the vast majority. And I see God's judgment, and I know how just and yet how terrible his judgment is. And it can't help but break your heart when you see people so blind, so deluded, that they just continue forward, you know, going along to get along so they can return to normal, blind to the fact you're not going back to quote unquote normal. So I think it's massively important that we call men to repentance. And that's why, you know, it's the biblical pattern. And that's why I talked about it in the first video on Christian resistance. Yeah, I think you see something coming to the forefront here, too, 
And that is, you know, because the church in large measure has not taught Romans 13 as it should be, and so this blind obedience that you spoke about both in the video and and before that, uh, the people kind of have that kind of sentiment. And so when you you talk about the ox being gored, it's now it's come to their front door, so to speak. And so now they're going to do something about it, but they're not, they're not being righteous about it. They're, they're kind of following in a fleshly kind of stance for that. And one of the things that, uh, you know, I've seen and you've seen it too. And a lot of people, you know, we've lost a lot of friends over it and that's fine. Is this fascination with people like a, a person like Donald Trump, uh, when if people watched what he did versus what he said, some of the things he said were great. It was like, yeah, okay, that's good. And then mm-hmm. when you watch what he did behind it, it was it was not only unconstitutional, it was unbiblical, it was immoral. It, I mean, he was deceiving the people, and yet professed Christians still say, "Oh, he's a godly man." You know, he's just a baby Christian. I don't see any sign of repentance, of change, of anything from how he's lived his life for seventy something years. Uh, in this, I I see him as the marketing guy. How do you think that's part of the delusion that God is sending upon the land? In in, I don't know any other way to say it, yeah. but in idolizing no, think, a man like that. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Um, he, here's the situation at hand. Um, there's plenty of people. And it's funny because the Pietists always accuse us of trusting in government, you know, and 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 some political savior. And that's the furthest thing from the case. What we're we're doing is telling the magistrates themselves what God has to say and what their duty is in regards to good governance. The authority they possess is delegated to them of God. Therefore, therefore they have a duty to govern according to his rule. Um, So that that right there is extremely important. And um, yeah, I just had a I'm 61 now, so I just lost my train. <laughs> it happens to me, too. It adds something to you, what you were saying there, if you could refresh my mind. Yeah, no, I was just asking if it, if it's if part of that, I call it a political idolatry. I'm, I'm just kind of yeah. asking, is yes. that a delusion, much like what we would draw the application out of you know, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that God sends them a delusion to believe a lie? No, I see a lot of people still looking to the political system to be their savior. And I'm like, if you haven't realized now, at this point, that Washington, D.C. is totally at war with you and has been for decades, and you don't realize yet that your state magistrates aren't going to protect you, I don't know what else to do for you, <laughs> you know, because it's like, yeah. you, our dependence needs to be upon God, and we need to rally together as people and demand that our magistrates do right. And one of the things that I've seen, like I've told people for years, get off this hamster wheel of every four years with this presidential thing and the Supreme Court justice appointees, put your effort into local county and state politics. And this has been like a silver lining in the judgment. There's been many good things in the midst of the judgment. This is one of them. It's the first time, Tim, I've seen people actually do that. I mean, in droves, they've abandoned that hamster wheel of every four years. um, And they've also realized that their state officials aren't going to protect them. The Republicans aren't going to protect them. The vast majority of them are lip service people. They'll feign a fight all day. But when push comes to shove, they'll go along with the tyranny. And most of them will fund and politicize the tyranny, as we've seen in state house after state house ruled by Republicans across this nation. 
Um, so what they've done is they've actually flooded into county and local government to make a stand for freedom there. And it's refreshing to see. And we have a conference coming up where we're actually going to be speaking to this matter and giving them good biblical Christian thought regarding the matters of the authority of a county. Yeah, and we're going to make mention of that. I'm showing it on the screen now for those who are viewing and for those who are listening. It's called countybeforecountrytalks.com. If you're interested in going there, there's tickets available because they're planning on seeing a lot of people and bringing in some speakers. We're going to talk a little bit about that in just a moment, Matt. But let me ask you, because I know somebody's probably listening, and what they say is, well, if you, th- you, you said if you think the politics is what's going to save you and the four years thing and all this, but then you're going and you're talking to your magistrates, you're involved in local politics— isn't that hypocrite? I don't think it is, by the way. But uh, you want to address somebody who might ask you a question about that? Or would you say it's more towards Matthew 28, yeah. what we talked about before? No, God has established three great governments in the earth, family government, church government, and civil government. They're all meant to produce within the individual the fourth great government, which is self-government. So God has established civil government. He has things to say about it. And we as his people have a duty to instruct the magistrates regarding their roles, functions, and limits of their office. So yeah, there's no hypocrisy here or anything like that. What I'm addressing prior to this was the simple fact that there are a lot of people who just want to look to politics for the answer. I'm telling you, it's way bigger than that. Yep. Um, This government has been tearing down the morals of the people of this nation for decades, and we need to be out on the streets. We need to be out at the universities, and we need to be proclaiming the truth of God's word regarding all areas of life and pointing men to his son, Jesus Christ. Um, You can't just put all your chips, so to speak, and the civil authority because we need repentance. We need repentance amongst the people. We need repentance among the magistrates. We need repentance among the Christians. I mean, you look at the indifference that I mentioned in the video. You know, we're all drunk on wealth and ease. All Americans are drunk on wealth and ease. It was one of the most painful lessons in my life was to learn that 85% of men are actually motivated by money for why they do or don't do what they do. That that was a difficult, I I was probably 40 years old before I finally came to grips with that. (laughs) That's why that, that's what pushes them. We need to repent of those things. Any sin in our life, holiness matters, need to repent of those things. Um, And the indifference towards civil government matters that the churchmen have shown that Christianity has shown that has brought us to this condition that needs to be repented of. We need to, laid our bodies low in the sight of God and cry out to him, repent. It's, it's massively important. It's part of the process. If we're going to see things turn around, if we're going to see reform, uh, reformation and revival in our nation. Yes. Amen. I, I totally, I totally agree. Okay. So you've got a second point to this. I'm going to play this video real quick. And uh, this is a, this is, I guess the latest one in this series and you've got another one coming. But let's look at this one, because this is the fight part. We've talked about the repentance, uh, and men have to get that one right first before they're going to you know, go out and, and fight, whether it's uh, you know, standing on the street at an abortion clinic uh, and handing out tracts or speaking to people or whatever the case may be, and, or picking up arms if they have to deal with a tyrant that way. This is, this is the latest that uh, you guys have produced over at Defy Tyrants. Christian resistance involves repenting, fighting, and building. 
And when it comes to fighting, it can be difficult because they are burning our country down so quickly in so many ways, people don't know where to focus or where to act or to make a strategic move against the evil that they're doing. Many people are actually considering getting the shot. Many already have gotten the shot because they don't want to lose their job. You have to understand, you must be willing to lose your precious little job. You have to stand resolute against getting that shot that through coercion, through carrots, through threats, they have been trying to convince everyone to obtain. Understand, if you capitulate and get that shot, you have set a precedent for the government to dictate to you what you will put in your body the rest of your life. And understand, you're not only setting a precedent for yourself, you have set a precedent for all future generations. You have enslaved them so that the government thinks they can put whatever they want into anyone's body. You must trust the Lord, improvise, and not compromise. I learned long ago that when men give themselves to compromise, their life becomes a series of compromises. You must stand on principle and in faithfulness to Christ. Women, let your men fight. All my life I have seen men get involved in confronting an evil, and then their wife comes up and throws a wet blanket over them. I thank God I've been blessed with a wife who cheers me on and prods me to action. There are enough weak, flaccid men in this nation. A good woman understands the duty of men to act in the face of evil and encourages her husband in his duty. Take your children with you when you go out to fight, if you're able to take them in regards to what you're doing. Let them see you confront the tyrants. Let them see you suffer persecution. Let them see you stand faithful to Christ. You must fight against the evil, not acquiesce to it, not attribute it to your latest prophecy charts and view it all as inevitable. Even though churchmen are suggesting and or are saying outright that you are bound by Romans 13 to get the shot, they are wrong. Romans 13 does not teach any such thing, and understand the government officials have exceeded their biblical and constitutional limits when they demand you wear masks or get this shot. And when it comes to the churches, the churches need to take some lessons from Lexington. Pastor Jonas Clark and his men trained regularly. They saw the evil coming, and so they trained in order to defend their families. The reformers wrote, volumes about the use of arms, their proper use, their illegitimate use. These are something men need to talk about and read about in our day. Men must be men, and the time is upon us where men must train in the use of arms in order to properly be prepared to defend their homes, their wives, their children. We are reaching a time where the use of arms in order to protect our homes, protect our families, is becoming more and more prevalent. Men sense it. It's in the air. Listen, all around the country, people have flooded into county and local government to make a stand for freedom. Why there? Because they see that Washington, D.C. is at war with them. And they've come to realize their state magistrates aren't going to protect them. So they have gathered there in that lawful body of county and local governments in order to make a stand for freedom. 
This is the doctrine of the lesser magistrate being played out. You must demand interposition of your lesser magistrates and prod them to do it and assure them you will stand resolute with them both publicly and privately if they do what is right and interpose against the evil. But if they don't do their duty, they play the coward, then you must do yours and make sure they are unseated and book good men in those offices of civil authority. There is so much detail to cover. You know, Matt, let me let me stop. Let me stop that one right there, because we're going to let you talk about this this meeting that you're going to have this uh, this conference. I'm moved when I hear what you have to say there, because I realize that we are in the midst of what history will write in the future. This is not, you know, a Super Bowl win or, you know, something trivial. We're we're in the midst of not only God's judgment, but what are we going to see from him? We say here we want to see the God of David. We want to see the God of Moses. We want to see the God, you know, of of Abraham. And yet we're not conducting ourselves as David. We're not conducting ourselves as Moses. We're not conducting ourselves as Abraham. And we're going to be pushed to the point where, you know, this is going to be something very historical. And I'm not trying to build that up for historical just for that. But there's a real issue in which we've got levels that we've got to fight this evil, this tyranny that's coming upon us. And um, boy, you, you were you were covering all those. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah, well, it's extremely important. And understand these three elements, repent, fight, build. It isn't like you just do this one, then this one, and then that one. They all are intermingled. They're all going on at the same time. Repentance is again and again. Um, fighting, you must fight. You must blunt the attacks of the tyrants. Um, building, that's going on at the same time. Like, for instance, one of the things we're doing at our church, we have seven people meeting together with the leadership of the church, uh, seven people who are involved in, you know, the medical profession. Um, another one who just lost their job this last week for refusing to get the shot. So there's many doctors and nurses who are being removed from their positions, but still want to practice. And then you have all these people now who are afraid to go to hospitals because they see them for the death camps they've become. They're afraid to go to their own doctor because they've seen what a Nazi he's become. They won't, they won't, they'd rather you sit there and die in front of them rather than help you if you don't put a mask on your face. Think of that. They, They'll let you suffer, you know, that's what's coming next if you haven't been vaccinated. That's how wicked it is. So we're bringing those two groups of people together to build Christian medical structures from scratch and also to come alongside existing Christian medical structures. Um, so you have to build in the midst of the judgment. I was in um, Dubuque, Iowa last week. And it was interesting. I saw a big building there on the Mississippi River, massive structure. I was interested in it. You could tell it was built long ago. So I went and looked at it, and it was built in 1863. So think of that. In the middle of this brutal, bloody civil war, you know, in the midst of all that, someone decides to build this building. And that's just how it is. You have to build in the midst of what's taking place. You fight, 
you build, you repent. Those are all three things that are part of the process when God's judgment comes upon the land. Yeah, you know, it's biblical. You pointed back to Nehemiah, you know, when the people went down to rebuild uh, Jerusalem, the city and the wall, that the 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 inhabitants of the the area around them didn't want them doing that. They wanted to shut them down. And this is where Spurgeon got his famous, you know, title for his uh his his newsletter, the um the sword and the trowel. They they used the sword on one hand to defend themselves against their enemies, and they're using the trowel to build the wall. So yeah, all of these things go in, in, in together. And repentance is not just a one-time deal that we're doing here. This is daily that we have to come up because as soon as we're confronted with the perfect law of liberty, we're we're reminded of just how sinful we are. The, it, it's like when you get to the you know Paul's some of his last writings. He's not saying, oh, look what a great Christian I've become. No, he's saying, boy, I'm the chief of sinners. The further I go down this road, the more sinful I see myself as. And I, I, I imagine the Apostle Paul doing something like what we read, again, going back to Luther, where he's just picking out all this stuff that's just driving him crazy about his own sinful nature, stuff that isn't even, you know, that he's not even doing. It's happening inside him. And all of that goes together. And that's the way God works in his people. Amen. Absolutely. So I, I'll tell you, as much weeping as I've done, I also have excitement inside me. And the excitement is, I see God at work. I see him at work in the lives of individuals. I see him at work within our society. Amen. And it'll be interesting to see what happens in the days ahead. Um, as Christian people are forced out of their drunkenness on wealth and ease, are forced out of their personal peace and affluence. And it's exciting. I hopefully we'll see more and more repentance. We'll see more and more people involved in the fight and in building. And we can see Christian thought come to bear upon our society. Yeah, I think in those times, people become desperate and they're looking for answers. And for somebody to say Jesus is the answer, they don't even know what the question is. And that's what I've often said. That G, that God, like what you said at the first of the show, Peter says that God has given us all things for life and for godliness. And mm-hmm. I noticed also in this video, when you were talking about the shot and things, you weren't getting into the science of that. You weren't getting into whether it was good or bad. Your your premise was based on they don't have the authority to be telling you what to put in your body or what not to put in your body, whether you should put something on your face or not. You were sticking with... The, the basics of where their jurisdiction is, and it isn't in any of these matters. That's right. And that's an important point that you bring up. Because first off, if the magistrates make any law, policy, or court opinion contrary to the law or word of God, it is to be resisted. That was the thinking of Western man for over 1,500 years. God's law and word, God's law was the higher law to which all men and all governments of men were accountable. So any law made contrary to that was to be resisted. Um, And it didn't mean things were perfect because anything man's involved in is never perfect. But what it did provide was something for good men to point to, to call men to repentance, to call the nation to reform. And now that you've removed that, the law of God is the objective standard to which all men and all governments of men are accountable. Now the state is free to make up law, quote unquote, out of thin air out of mere whim. And as you can see, it isn't good. They made evil good. They made good evil. So it's extremely important for people to understand that. 
if they make law contrary to the law of God, it's to be resisted. But here's the second part. If they exceed the biblical limits of their office, or since we live in America, the constitutional limits of their office, they are to be resisted. Most people are like, well, where do you see in the Bible that you can't wear? The government tells you to put a mask on, you shouldn't wear a mask. Okay. They've exceeded their limits of their authority. Most people, because we live in a statist hell, Tim, think that the government can do whatever it wants. And this, again, goes back to the pulpits. The pulpits taught people and the magistrates their roles, functions, and limits. When they exceed their limits, like telling you to put a mask on your face or to put a bunch of junk in your arm, they've exceeded their limits and they are to be resisted on that basis. They've gone outside the limits of their God-intended office, which is to punish evildoers and reward those who do good. Amen. That, yeah, and that's that's the thing that we've been saying here. Even though we'll bring in the science and other things just to warn people uh, about that, it's the issue of we give no constitutional authority. And in fact, the Fourth Amendment is pretty clear: we're to be secure in our persons. And, um, you know, that that determines what we take into our bodies or what we don't take into our bodies and things of that nature. Now, <clears throat> let's let's jump forward a little bit to the conference that you're going to have, because we got about five minutes here. And what I want to sure. do, Matt, is I want to play this little video. It's about a minute long. I played it um, on what's today, Tuesday. So I played it this morning on Tuesday morning. Um, on the show, <clears throat> as I was speaking through a couple of things, and I want to play this and tell people a little bit about why this this conference, this County Before Country conference, is so important, and tell them a little bit about the speakers. I'll turn down the sound and just play the, play the video here. Go ahead. Yeah, okay, so the reason it's so important is is because, again, the pulpits are silent, they're not equipping their people, and our six topics are out of this world, fantastic. We're doing, we call them express talks because we're doing it TED Talk style. Uh, each talk will be 14 to 17 minutes long. That's it. You're getting the best. And then we're having a 45-minute uh, Q&A panel of the six speakers. So the topics are, I'm going to be speaking on the authority of a county. Um, the next topic is the duty of elders in the face of a tyrant government government. And that's going to be done by Pastor Derek Carlson out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. He actually made it out of Zimbabwe, lived under tyranny, um, stood up against Mugabe. Um, so he is, and everybody's wondering where they're, why their pastor and elders all have, you know, back the tyrants, right? So anyways, he's going to be hitting that. The duty of elders in the face of a tyrant governor, the th- government the third speaker is a frontline doctor named Gordon Donaldson. He's treated over 300 people with COVID. He's going to be talking on building Christian medical structures. It'll be great. He's had his own family practice for over 31 years. He hails from Eastern Pennsylvania. Um, the next speaker is Mike Bravo, who has a long extended history in how the food supply chain works. And he's going to be instructing people how they can make sure that they can get food and live outside of the food supply system that the tyrants have built over the decades and get better food in the midst of it all. The fifth is Paul Dore, who spent over 30 years defunding um, you know, school boards, school districts. He's defunded them of over $4 billion 
dollars from those. Nice, nice. So he's going to be teaching that and, of course, encouraging people to get their children out of that system altogether. Um, And then the last subject is by um, Jason Storms, and he's going to be speaking on um, bravery, freedom, and firearms lessons from Lexington. So when you look at those six topics and they can go to our website and check it out, all the details on the speakers and whatnot, um, I think it is fantastic. And each speaker is going to be giving you the best stuff. I did my first TED Talk type talk a few years back, thanks to the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Joel Saint and them guys. I love that platform. You have to cut to the chase, get to what's most important. We're also going to, each speaker is going to be giving people Um, simple action items that they can do immediately in regards to what their topic is. Amen. I I, I like that too, because what that does is it gives them a way that they can see, hey, I can do it step by step. And that's a great thing. Now, I want to get Paul Doerr on the the show. He had something with his leg and I know he checked me out because he's like, who's this guy contacting me? Uh, Because I think what he does is so important. So is his son, Chris. He's, uh, they run a second amendment thing like nobody's business over there. It's not run like anything, not even gun owners of America compared to what they do. So I want to get them on the show. But, uh, you know, just a, quickly, we got about a minute and a half here. What would you say to people who say, well, well, that's not the gospel, teaching people how to grow their own food and setting up – that's not the gospel. What would you say to somebody like that? Come to the conference. <laughs> God's Word speaks to all matters of life, and you'll watch the speakers weave Christ, Christianity, Scripture – into each of the talks. It'll be awesome. Amen. I, you know, and, and I think this is the idea that we're, that we have lost is that we're in the kingdom. We're building the kingdom. God is using us in building the kingdom. And in the kingdom, you've got all these things that are a part of it. And I I think the way you said about the, the men in the pulpit teaching the people and the, the coming up magistrates and those who are in power, they're 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 just leaving that off as though God doesn't have anything to say about it. But God has something to say about all of these kinds of things, whether it's fighting, whether it's a militia, whether it is, you know, producing your own food and all of these kinds of things. He's got something to say about all of that. I want to give you the last uh, 30 seconds. Tell people where they can find out more about you and uh, tell them, direct them where they can go to for this conference. Sure. Um, well, you can go to County Before Country Talks. CountyBeforeCountryTalks.com. Give you the details about the conference. You can also um, find tickets, how to get a ticket there. Um, the, the venue seats 500 and some people. It's a beautiful venue. Um, so that's that. You can go to our website, DefyTyrants.com. You can go to our Rumble page, Defy Tyrants. Um, we are moving my sermons over to Rumble. We're in the process of doing that. Right now, they're at YouTube. If you go to Matt Chuella on YouTube, you can see the sermons there. And also the sermons, just punch in my name at sermonaudio.com. Okay. Matt Truhella, we appreciate you guys. Be sure to check this out. I'll have all the links in the description so you can get ready. And we'll talk to you in the morning, 6 a.m. Lord willing, see you. Thank you. <laughs>